1: Welcome to Performance Anxiety. Proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Pamela Stickney is our guest this week. Who is Pamela Stickney, you may ask? She's a virtuoso on the theremin. She's so good, in fact, that Bob Moog asked her to help him design his version of the theremin. She tells us how she began playing the instrument, what affects it when you play, like being licked by a puppy, and since she moved to Austria, how to travel with it. She also talks about taking this wild, futuristic instrument that's been the soundtrack to countless sci-fi movies into new territories by using effects pedals and other tricks. She's also played with some amazing artists like Yoko Ono, David Byrne, Bella Fleck, and a lot more. You guys have to check out her website, Pameliastickney.com. There are all kinds of clips and information there, including a link to her Facebook page. And explore her SoundCloud page at soundcloud.com pamelia Check out our socials at Performance ANX or Performance Anxiety on Facebook. Give us a review. Might get read on a show if it's five stars. Now we're gonna ring you, Pamela Stickney. Okay. <laughs> so uh, okay I have to say my name like um this is Pamela Stickney,
2: um I uh <laughs> I'm gonna be spending the next hour chattering, or sometimes I call it Pam (laughs) splaining, talking about what in the world it is I'm doing with this thing with antennas on it. It's kind of like tuning a TV without touching anything, and (laughs) and then luckily there's not a clap track. (laughs) It's like. <laughs> That's fine. That's
1: on fun spot. <laughs> All right, I'm going to take a swig of water here, I guess.
2: Oh, I got some nasty apple cider vinegar in water.
1: Oh, wow. Oh, I got Coca- antioxidant cocoa fusion.
2: Cocoa fusion? That it's- sounds like a- I love music <laughs> <laughs> It's like uh-huh. Pricky fusion jazz like, <laughs> That's awesome feel, like, The drums like Doing all these Like you know Like odd meter riffs like, <laughs> 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 That would be so <laughs>
1: hilarious That would be amazing <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh oh, I think <laughs> I think we just Developed something here
2: Someone's gotta go
1: make that. <laughs> exactly. All right. That's any any listeners who can actually play music, work on Coco Fusion. Oh. So thank you so much for joining me today. I, I really do appreciate this. This is so cool. So uh I don't even know really where to begin. So let's let's start at the very beginning because I'm sure Theremin is not where you got your musical start. So, what what did you begin playing? And, and was your family very musical? Did they you know, did they have you playing uh, an instrument at an early age? How did you get started in music?
2: Well, the, I mean, there was always the, my mom. She played piano as a hobby at home, so there was a piano around the house, and yes. the, and the, and the, I I jumped on that thing. It was like the 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 longest lasting (laughs) lifelong lasting toy for me
1: (laughs) so did you take lessons on the piano was it something that you wanted to do maybe professionally at some point
2: well well, when I was really really little it was just a a toy for me really and um and um when I was about seven then um you know, my parents uh, they were advised, oh, we sh- she should take piano lessons, and and it was really boring. <laughs> and after a year, my dad, I, he, I know that he, we didn't have much money, so he was asking me, like, you still want to take piano lessons? I was like, no. And he's like, oh, good, because I don't have enough
3: money.
1: Now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank God for the the. Boring as a piano, I guess. Well, <laughs>
2: well that's just mind-numbing. So, yeah. So it's like, you know, things like because already I was playing things by ear, and so it, you know, a lot of people thought, "Oh, well, she should take formal lessons and learn how to read." and but I think with music it's just like language you learn how to speak first and interact speaking before you learn to read <laughs> otherwise you might learn how to read phonetically but you're not going to know what you're
3: reading
1: oh that's an interesting point that's really cool so at that point you're, you're playing piano you're not taking lessons anymore and is there still music are you still playing piano for a while um, Did you, were you studying other types of music
2: um, well, I wasn't studying types of music. I, I memorized my mom's repertoire and you know she helped me just because my hands are really small just to figure out you know fingerings that could work for my hands when okay. I was getting around and I liked what I you know I wasn't exposed to that much. All I heard was what was on the radio And what my mom
3: practiced—that
2: was it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But I was interested in what I was hearing.
1: Okay. Okay. And and at what point did music become what you wanted to do, or was it always what you wanted to do?
2: Well, it's always been something I I I have an interest in and enjoy doing, and the time just flies by with it, and and uh, um, I never it wasn't never like uh, you know as a kid it's not like I sat there and said I'm going to make a living doing music I knew that I wanted to always uh, keep playing and okay. uh, um, and yeah I just wanted to keep playing it that was all <laughs>
1: <laughs> so how did you find the theremin
2: um but, so by accident I um, I was uh, I was back in, like, 97, and um, I was playing in this band called geggy Talk, and um, my boyfriend at the time, who's a member, uh, you know, he went out to Blockbuster Video to get a film for us to watch for the night. Okay. And he's like, I'm like, oh, fuck. I don't want to <laughs> watch a documentary. I film. The fuck. <laughs> you know, so I wasn't at all confused to watch a documentary about what's a theremin who gives a shit, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I remember that like you know it was sometime before that that some friends of his were like oh yeah we saw this documentary and, like there's this instrument and we think that you'd really do it like we think you could do it you know and it's like and they tried to describe it to me made no sense and I, I didn't pay attention to what they were trying to say because like uh-huh okay whatever because yeah. I was safe then you know and I was happy with that you know it's <laughs> fine for me and um and then I, like within the first few minutes of the documentary I was totally tucked in and very interested and um and it made sense when I heard and saw Clara um, and so then you know i've explored many instruments already at that point and um and so when i saw that i just thought oh i gotta try that and it's like a, like any other instrument that i've tried i'd see someone play it and when i was a small child i always wanted to play a string mm-hmm. instrument you know the only one i knew the name of was violin i'd see that on tv mm-hmm. and it made sense to me And I had a feeling that I would understand um, how to play it, and it wasn't until I was twelve that I finally got to have access to a violin. Oh wow! (laughs) And so it was kind of that same curiosity, like, "Ooh, I want to try that." And and there's some instruments I tried and and didn't work for me, and you know, you know, like brass instruments that that was hell. And I had braces when I tried that too, (laughs) so like, okay, screw
1: that. (laughs) Too much pain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've gone through that with my kids. They, they all play brass. My daughter plays the trumpet. My son... Well, my oldest daughter plays the trumpet. My son plays the tuba. And my youngest plays the French horn. No
2: way! you got, like, all, like, horn section there in the house. Oh,
1: my house is the <laughs> biggest cacophony. It's insane. And my son... <laughs> my son is... is He's taller than me, which is not a hard thing to, to accomplish. I mean, I'm, I'm a short guy. I'm like 5'6". But he's taller than me, but he's like soaking wet. He's like a buck 20. So he's carrying this big ass. Uh, he plays a sousaphone in marching band. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so it's it's just amazing. You see this like the stick walking this enormous piece of brass around the stadium. It's crazy. Oh.
2: Oh my gosh! Marching band. Uh, oh, that's all,
1: so cool. all three of them are in high school. All three of them are in the marching band. So
2: nice. I love marching band. Oh, they, they <laughs> love it. Have not have to do um PE like a marching band counted as like physical <laughs> education. Oh. But The downside show up on the field at like five thirty in the morning and they crack it on. Yeah. But, but all the rejects were there, you know, like all the. Uncool, and then the flag team—that was even more rejects than you know. That was lower levels than band, you know. So, yeah. and <laughs> this is like a bunch of rejects out, you know. I, but <laughs> you that, want to do physical education?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But <laughs> well, that's how they all find each other. <laughs> so, all right, so you see this documentary, and it intrigues you. Where did you find a Moog a Moog? I'm reading my notes here. I'm looking at I'm, I'm looking at the Moog note part of my notes. Where did you find a Theremin to try to experiment with?
2: Well, that took a while because I remember I lived in LA at that time and uh, um and my boyfriend he was already into like, you know, vintage synthesizers. They were just beginning to be called vintage then. They weren't <laughs> yet fully really cool, you know. <laughs> where you could find a minimo for like $100 a hundred bucks at a yard sale, you know, someone have like one of those Casio, you know, SH-101 and like, oh, it's broken, you know, and you look at it and it's like, it's only because they had all of the, all of the knobs all the way down, like the start-stop <laughs> frequency and no sound came out. And then it's just like, oh, 15, how about 10?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take this piece of junk off your hands.
2: But uh, there was a shop called Black Market Music, and, and sometimes they might have had a theorem in there, and so I went, but they didn't have one. Um, and then there was some, you know, some other shop that had you know, antiques, and they had one that was like you know $7,000
3: <laughs> I'm
2: glad I did there to try it out because you know it was an RCA and an RCA in comparison to one of most instruments is a piece of shit like yeah. if I tried something and it was a piece of shit and and it couldn't be calibrated correctly and with gummy response then I probably would have just thought it was a toy and like okay never mind yeah um, but um, by chance, we had a magazine lying around um, that was, uh, like the, the Beastie Boys had this magazine called Grab Royal. Okay. And oh. there was an interview with Bob Moke in there, like several pages long. Oh, wow. And, and then, you know, since they had an interview with him, then there was like a little app spot for his company that was called Big Briar. theremin kits and theremin you know the basic small size ones. right and so then it's like oh my gosh you know what let's just buy one you know screw it you know it's it's like buying a guitar and just see what happens and and so I just remember the mile marker was there was a UPS strike and um and Princess Di died so that was the time marker of when when I was waiting for that theremin to come oh, in the mail. Oh, wow.
3: jeez.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so how how does a theremin actually work? What is? I know it's it's a magnetic field kind of a thing.
2: <laughs> like I'm I'm not good at the, the. It's weird. I I'm good at the observational part of how it responds. Right. You know. and and that's how I've learned to deal with the thing. And so what I could understand of it was the the sensitivity to any tiny movement of my body. Um, There were only four knobs on the instruments that I got. You know, one said pitch, the other volume, and then waveform, and uh, brightness. And okay. so, you know, I already was familiar with synthesizers and this was just like a really bonehead, you know, not that many options. <laughs> <laughs> and so then, you know, what's left to do is listen to how it's responding. And uh, I, I made the, you know, I made this amazing bonehead discovery when I pulled it out of the box, you know, plugged the antennas in, plugged it up to electricity, stuck it, you know, power, you know plugged it into an amp. And sat it on a coffee table and nothing came out. And this so was like, Oh shit, it's broken, got a defective one. And then I lifted the thing up off the table and suddenly the noise came out. And then it was like, Lesson number one, oh yes, the volume antenna was too close to the table and that's what kept it silent.
3: <laughs> oh, wow.
2: And so, um, you know, I then you know figured out because I I knew it would be possible to play a melody on this thing, and so figuring out how to calibrate it—that um, means to to adjust the the range of the pitch range of the instrument, let's say. Okay. Um, it's uh, you've got to turn the pitch knob and adjust it so that you know it's like a stringed instrument, and that the closer you get to the antenna, the smaller distances and movements you're going to make with your pitch hand. It, so it's like a string okay. instrument; so you're lower and wider apart. And so to get it in, a, you know, kind of a vocal range, and uh, you know, I had the memory in mind of what it looked like, uh, um, the distances that Clara's fingers were moving. Mm -hmm. And um, so that was kind of at least, you know, the, the, you know, the basis that I had to work from and then just working with my ears, like, okay, this is how it goes and it it didn't feel so comfortable when I was first playing it. And then I figured out, oh, wait a minute. Um, I'm, I play string instruments and I'm left-handed, but I play string instruments the right-handed way. In which the pitch control is with your left hand
3: okay and your
2: going is with the right hand so i just turned the instrument around and suddenly it felt completely comfortable oh and, wow uh, yeah so sometimes people don't realize that you know a good thing you can try doing if you're having a difficulty with the coordination um you know you got to think about the hand you write with and the very fine motor skills that are necessary to write, right. you know, they're very tiny, tiny movements, and that's really important for controlling the pitch, if that's your concern with how you're dealing with the instrument.
1: My son has decided he wants to wash something outside and he's making a racket. <laughs> I'm trying to tell him, be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing fine motor skills with my hands. At this point. Hey, he's a, motor skill. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man, I swear. Sometimes it's like a, whatever you say goes in one ear and out the other. Be quiet, I'm recording. Okay, I'll go outside and mow the lawn. Normally, <laughs> that'd be great. Today, not don't not so much. Don't why am I? <laughs> Actually, he's cleaning the lawnmower. Oh, I don't know. I give up. Hey, uh, that's great, he's
2: cleaning the lawnmower. I mean, wow! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah he, the, <laughs> exactly. he's got great.
1: Exactly, he I got some power washing on that side of the house and needs to get done too. So, the theremin is to me, it's it's fascinating because the very first thing I think of when I hear the, the word theremin is Jimmy Page. Mm. Just think of him using that and and watching him on the song "Remains the Same" movie. Playing it and, and doing these these weird, you know, gesticulations while this box of noise is going woo 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 woo, and I'm like, what in the fuck is he doing? What is that's not his guitar? What is he? And it, it, then I started looking into it a little bit, and then it's you know everybody else knows it from the sci-fi movies from the 50s and 60s that making the uh, sound effects for UFOs and but. I was blown away because and and literally up until the time I sent you an email to come on the show, that was basically all I associated with the theremin. And then I I started, yeah, (laughs) yeah. So then I started researching for this, and you take something that to me that kind of sounds like somebody playing a bowed saw, and turn it into music I mean you make you can make it sound like a a bass like a stand-up bass and it's amazing what you do with this thing to make the most. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, in in a in a video that I saw, you said that you're playing the silence. Can can you explain that? I I I I figured it out when you when you were saying it in, in the video. But you know, since nobody's watching the video at this time, hopefully they're listening to this podcast. What do you mean by th- with a the theremin? You you're playing the silence.
2: Um, because that's the only way that you're going to separate the notes and create the illusion of there being a separation between the notes. is playing the silence. If you leave your volume hand up, it's just going. Right. But when you're playing the silence, you're going to you know, the silence is what gives the separation between between the notes, and you can create you can create the illusion of. Um, of uh, I guess it's like puppeteering,
1: sort of. You know, it's animating. That, animating. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think of that. That's true, yeah, because you're, you're using your hands like almost like a marionette.
2: Well, also when you see animation, it's a bunch of stop, start, stop, start.
1: Yeah. And so
2: you kind of manipulating the stop, start.
1: <laughs> okay, so so you, you bring up uh, another question that I had for you. In watching people play the theremin, obviously the movement affects sound but does the shape of your hand affect the sound like if you're doing whether your hands either on the the pitch control or the volume if is it going to sound different if you have a flat hand as opposed to a fist what affects the sound body-wise okay well it's
2: more the pitch is getting affected and okay um so i i stand super super still with my body as still as possible and um and say you know a very tiny movement towards or away from the pitch antenna that's standing upright um is going to have an effect on the the pitch going higher or lower and um and say it's not working just on the distance between you and that antenna but by how much mass is going into that field so i like to think of it like when there's that displacement idea when there's a tub of water Mm -hmm. and if you step in or just dip your toes in it the water's not moving so much but if you stick your whole foot in or a whole leg in you're moving so much more of the water and so you know that's the reason why even though you could be the closest um you know body next to the theremin if while you're playing someone else starts to walk up from behind or in towards your field the the pitch is going to start to rise because that's it. that's another person stepping into the
3: pool oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: and the more people come and approach towards it and that then increases the spaces between all of the notes that you're playing. So it's like someone is um, changing, the, you know, turning the knobs on your stringed instrument while you're trying to play it.
1: Oh, wow. Well, so is it going to change depending on the stature of the person? So <laughs> if, if you've got one theremin and you're playing it, and then you step away and then... Let's say um, I don't know uh, an NFL linebacker comes up and decides to try to play. Is, is it going to sound different because of the mass of?
2: It'll be it'll be the measurement you know of the distance that he would have to move to go between two of the same notes that I would be moving forwards and from uh, would be wider because he has more body mass. So if somebody weighs uh... more. Then, then they'll have to, or, more or less, they'll, depending on their preference, too, as well, because no two people have the same distance preferences for for what's comfortable for playing it. Okay. Um, you have to adjust it. And, and sometimes when the machine's been on for a while, it drifts, so you have to take that into account. But also, wow. you're never standing in the same exact posture and place before the instrument. So, you know, if you if I move the weight of my body towards the front of my feet, that's going to change the calibration.
1: Wow.
2: My whole body is a big piece of mass that's going into that tank of water.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So how how wide is the field that uh, that will affect a therapy? So how like how far do, do people need to be away from it in order not to affect it?
2: don't move at all then that's fine (laughs) you can be closer or far although if you're too close to a lot of uh, you know mass that conducts electricity like human bodies, then then um then you might have this phenomenon where it's not possible to have shorter distances between your notes nor can you have all of the octaves that range that you're accustomed to but um you know so if i'm standing next to some wall that's made of some material that that conducts electricity that has water in it or whatever like even i was playing next to a big tree and the branches above me when the wind blew and the branches move all the water that's in the branches is having an effect on the pitch of the ceremony.
1: oh wow and
2: people think trees are dry but they're full of water
3: inside yeah <laughs>
1: That's so. If you're playing, you have to really pay attention to where you're you're setting up on on a stage or in a room.
2: Yeah, but, well, since, you know, I make sure that nobody's too close to my pitch antenna, and you, know, you don't always have control. You know, if you're playing in a tiny space in a little tiny stage, you know, I try to find the spot where where there'll be the least amount of movement. Um, you know, or interference, or people walking by through the toilet. Or, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's a, it's a, it's a lot of um, uh, you know, letting go and to and and just kind of you kind of have to improvise it each time with with each setting that you land in, because there are a yeah. lot of factors that you have no complete control over.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. So does other electrical equipment affect it? Like uh, like if you're playing with somebody who's playing a guitar or something, or if you're playing next to a lamp, I don't, would, would 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 things like that affect it?
2: No, it's more sometimes to do with like the power source, you know. And, okay. the, and also, you know, there have been times where, you know, I'll be sound checking and and if somebody is plugging in cables in the DI boxes, and it'll make little pitch jumps happen on my instrument. Oh. Or sometimes being, uh, you know, next to the drummer and not so far from them. Uh, when I've had moments where the person, you know, will touch their cymbal to silence it, and when they touch that big ride cymbal, then the pitch might jump on my theremin. Oh
3: wow.
2: <laughs> That's another weird, strange thing. It's like. You could be standing next to someone who stays very still next to you. And I discovered this when someone's dog, you know, a little tiny pit bull terrier thingy, you know, came up and then it was licking my leg while I was playing. And each time its tongue made contact <laughs> with me, the pitch, it sounds like it's jumping.
3: Oh. You know,
2: like, ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum. and, <laughs> uh, you know, it's like, you know, suddenly. I've become a bigger piece of mass, but it's kind of interesting because the dog could be so right next to me, but if we're not making contact, you are not going to hear that, that sudden jump. Okay. And that's kind of an interesting thing that suddenly, you know, when we become, you know, one big attached mass, attached mass, that you can hear this jump. And that's <laughs> It sounds great. like a jump, but it's just happening so fast. It's a,
3: uh, yeah.
1: Oh my <laughs> gosh. So the, the instrument itself is actually a fairly new instrument, and in it's so it's it's what, about a hundred years old.
3: A measuring old? tool. That's what it is.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's
2: a the measuring dis- tool, and, and, and what you're listening to is just a, the change of the pitch or volume, giving you a measurement of what's happening around the antenna.
1: <laughs> you know, that's crazy. But so the, the, the but the instrument itself is not. Old. It's it's fairly new, com- relatively speaking, to other instruments.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a hundred one years old now. Wow. And the, yeah, so it, it it's not um, not something that has a let's say a, a tradition behind it, right. which is a good. You know, it's not. It's great that no one can tell you you're doing it right or wrong, and that. <laughs> and there's not one good way to work with it it's just it kind of depends what it is you're shooting for and what your vision is
1: and yeah especially if, if
2: patience too <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah especially if this you know the physical makeup of somebody affects it too it, it's kind of hard to standardize uh, ways to play it if if, if it's going to know react differently because one person's bigger than the next
2: yeah well you know like over the you know long period of time you i'm sure you've heard there are different types of techniques for all the other instruments and Mm -hmm. you know there are different techniques for uh, you know playing piano or playing guitar and and with this there's not really any i think it's just not even necessary that's a great thing to know that there's not an established technique and you have to question too what is expression in making music and to to be able to look at art without making comparisons so it's kind of nice that it that dealing with this instrument can pose some other questions about expression Uh and what's possible you know what what can you do with this instrument that you would not be able to do on any of the others And, and yeah it's a it's kind of nice that it even though it's you know almost, you know it's over 100 years old it's still very very um it provokes a lot of forward thinking ideas
1: <laughs> yeah that's true being that it's relatively new as far as instruments are concerned has the design changed much over the 101 years that it's been around
2: um yeah well the instrument that Clara played you know because she um, she spent a lot of time with the inventor and she took it you know very far um, as far as like you know coming from um, you know let's say the classical tradition mm-hmm. you know uh, of using it and in, um, in a melodic way using it as if it's like a vocal or stringed instrument and sh- and I believe instruments um develop when there's a collaboration between um the person who's building it together with the musician that has a vision of how to make some improvement um or you know what's needed to be able to do this or that is that possible in having that rapport together so her instrument definitely is different from let's say one of the rca models um okay. that we're my mass produced at the time I, I've tried restored ones and everything and they're nowhere even as good as the small basic Moog theremin <laughs> Yay,
3: wow
2: you know it, 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 it's, it, it takes yeah it, it's, <laughs> anyway that's a whole other <laughs> conversation but, but um, you know Bob Moog his, uh, he, his first passion was building theremin Um, before he built keyboard synth oh wow and uh, there's a a kind of museum organization place outside of Philadelphia called EMIAP and they have it's beautiful they have um, an instrument that Bob and his father built
3: (laughs) oh wow
2: that's pretty cool (laughs) and you know, and and in playing, you know, that instrument, you know, um, it definitely doesn't even, uh, it doesn't have the same sensitivity as his later ones um, because he had the opportunity in the 70s to do some repair work on Clara's instrument, and that's when he first was introduced to her. Okay. He knew of her already and, you know, admired her work, and who else was out there to help fix her instrument and yeah. he got a glimpse into the inventor's design he got her input which was very important because without her input how would you know how to calibrate
3: the thing yeah good
2: and point so from that point on that had a really that that influenced the design of this later ceremony and, and that's the, you know that's <laughs> That really explains why uh, I've tried all the different models I know of at least so far out there but the instruments that he's built are really, um, they're tops. Designed by Bob really you know it comes with a lot of that you know wisdom and also the input that he received, um, and so the sensitivity, and he also understood how to play it enough and understand what was necessary as far as response and how to make improvements, uh, you know, like uh, being able to build a theremin that has more octaves than Clara's instrument. You know, uh, that's the uh, later development as well.
1: Now, was that something that you were involved in? Because I know that you'd worked with with Baba in, in the... Uh helping to test the ether wave
2: <laughs> the etherwave wave pro that's the that's the funky looking rocket ship looking style <laughs> one. Yeah, after he passed away it was around that time they they weren't there weren't any more being produced they, they weren't selling very well at that point yet even though i know the demand is out there because a lot more people are playing and they really are craving stepping it up mm-hmm. to what's Certainly is like the bosendorfer Steinway and theremins as far as sensitivity. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it would be like going from a you know and okay, let's say kawaii and up or you know, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then suddenly jumping onto something that that that's like butter and has a lot more nuance to play with. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the, Makes sense. And yeah, yeah. So yeah, that that model came about after I'd been touring heavily with the Etherbox model that looks like a big piece of furniture, yeah. and it, I kept you know losing the legs and the back of cabs and like Bob, please give me another set of legs and like, oh. and, and you, know, the, you know the legs got all wobbly from being assembled, disassembled, assembled, disassembled, you know to break the thing down and put it back up again yeah it just wasn't practical it was great for it you know keeping in one place and not moving around too much okay and so uh, so then finally um <clears throat> you know I asked him is it possible to make a more affordable version of this <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: and
2: so that's when he you know thought of other ideas too you know um well there were things like uh, on my old instrument, I'd have to do. I'd have to spend time changing the sound settings if I went between uh, playing bass lines and a melodic line. Oh, and wow. there, You know, it had an effect musically playing with other people. Like, okay, I need an extra measure or two so I can reset my, you know, the knobs on my instrument so that oh, it wow. so that I have the sound setting I want for when I'm playing bass and the response that I need and the volume. To answer and so those ideas also went into the, the pro model. So uh, mm-hmm. then it was just really fast that I could make the
1: transition
2: without having to twiddle a bunch of knobs <laughs> in between. I'm like, keep going. Okay, yeah. ready now.
1: <laughs> just vamp a little bit.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll take a over there. Hang on, I'll be right back. Yeah, it's
1: like I'm going to go take a dump no just yeah. kidding I'm just changing
2: my studying <laughs> I'll be back in a few I should call it taking a dump I gotta go take a dump we back. I like Turn it
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors so is it hard to transcribe music for the theremin because in what I've, I've heard of uh, is a lot of music that's uh composed stri- strictly for the theremin but I've also heard you do some more standard pieces do you ever do I don't know pop or rock music on the theremin and, and and how do you transcribe music for the theremin <laughs>
2: working with a voice you know a, a stringed instrument you can jump between strings to to, to do really big interval jumps and very quickly um, or a bowed instrument you know physically you have a way to go right. and with the ceremony works very differently so it, it's like working with a voice except you have a wider octave range than the typical human voice okay and um and so the it's yeah, I have made adaptations uh, um, for the ceremony to play and lots of other people have too you know whether it be you know taking jazz standards or an aria um, you know, if something's written for voice it usually lends itself very well to playing on the ceremony okay and uh, and see yeah and Robin, I should send you some links <laughs> to
1: yes. recordings as soon as anybody I, says, I should send you some links, the answer is always yes, you should. <laughs> no, you don't even have to finish that sentence. Just yes, do it.
2: <laughs> the great thing is that, you know, I, I have, uh, um, you know, quarter-inch cable outputs, and I can run this, and people forget, it is a synthesizer. A synthesizer is not necessarily a keyboarded instrument. This is before the keyboard synth was a theremin.
1: Okay, okay. It, I didn't even think of it like that.
2: Yeah, it, because it was a pain in the ass to play, you know, and composers <laughs> were interested in that and in this synthesized sound. And finally, you know, people were, you know, came around and thought, Hey, how how can we harness this and put it in a format that's a lot more universal that, that most musicians understand, like a keyboard layout.
3: Uh, and that's
2: higher than you know, having the keyboard layout <laughs> to okay. control the sound <laughs> okay
1: okay that makes that makes sense then alright
2: so if I'm at the airport you know I don't say it's a sermon because I know they say what is that I just say oh there's a synthesizer in here and it goes through the scanner okay fine <laughs> that's
1: hey, okay that'll work here,
2: it's a synth, so you know it looks exactly the same
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's a great idea <laughs> <laughs> So so okay so it's a synthesizer so you can run effects through it then
2: yeah I can run it through effects pedals and uh, um, so that's a lot of fun I I love using using effects pedals with it and it's a clean signal so also for recording you can go direct oh Um, okay yeah so it's it's really handy in that way you know There's a sound system great
1: yeah. (laughs) but you know i can imagine running or hearing you know chorus and and loops loop pedals and harmonizers octave pedal things like that can you run it through a distortion what does it what does it sound like
2: i have so much recorded stuff
1: i doing all of that oh my <laughs> gosh that's amazing i i'm so used to just hearing the. oh yeah like to
2: get distortion um you know it's difficult because sometimes you know the the voice that's coming out of it might not have enough bite. So so okay. I recommend to people, especially if they're using just the standard models, to run it through um, uh, something like a chorus,
3: mm-hmm. so that
2: you have fighting pitches next to each other. That gives a lot more harmonics to grab off of. Okay. Into a distortion pedal. Wow. To get more. Yeah. the
1: <laughs> I've got to hear that. So I, I, would love to hear it. Like almost like playing the guitar. You know, throw some some fuzz on there and a wah, and and you, you can. Oh yeah. You, you can make some of the craziest freaking sounds I've ever heard. Of. So, oh yes. <laughs> see, you would mentioned losing legs on that one version is it is it difficult or is it fragile it,
2: it's not fragile I, I've always checked it under on the airplane and I have not a problem you know I okay. come, you know, pushing it up with some foam and uh, you know it, it's it's not. It's not so easily breakable unless you. I don't
1: know. Dump a bunch of <laughs> beer all over or set it on fire. <laughs> oh, that now yeah. that would be a show—a flaming theremin.
2: I know. Go <laughs> all Jimi
1: Hendrix on your theremin.
2: <laughs> flaming since. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: I think didn't uh, New Order do that at one point? I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was uh I don't know pretty sure i've seen that somewhere so i've got a a, well crap i've got so many other questions this is just insane but i i asked a couple people that i I know uh who are really interested in theremins. one is a guest i had on the show who plays a theremin and i mentioned that i was having you on the show and he went nuts i said all right well what 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 do you want me to ask her then so the guy's name is nick kazernis and awesome awesome guy he wants to know uh what would you recommend to up-and-coming players about posture or standing sitting and moving to stay in tune
3: oh yeah
2: well if the goal is to stay in tune and just do what works for you i mean you know like a, when if someone's just beginning I, I tell them hey if it helps sit on a stool or lean against a wall behind you okay because it makes it a lot easier then then you just understand that the only movements that you have to deal with or be aware of or just you know what's happening with your arms and fingers
3: and okay
2: to, yeah, it, so this the, you can be very creative with figuring out how to um, make yourself as still as possible like yeah. don't have too many fingers. <laughs> yeah lower
1: lower your alcohol intake please <laughs> <laughs>
3: But now he also
1: wanted to know: Does the quality of the instrument affect how much your positioning and posture affect the sound?
3: Um, it's
2: it's not so much to do it because I could also stand with poor posture and be hunched over and contorted and still and still sound like me um, with how I do it, but it would just be a much more painful painful way to go about it. So and. But that's rule of thumb. Is uh, um, is just being very aware of uh, um, not using any muscles or energy that's not necessary for what you're doing because mm-hmm. you don't have to move much. And so you know it's it, you. So you you just have to um, not have to, but it just helps to be very aware of um, of. Uh, it's like conserving your energy and using the minimal amount and and checking you know to make sure that you're not straining your neck not straining your arms because okay. it's a tendency this happens with any instrument you know if you you know when you can hear that it's not sounding the way that you want it to it's very natural to have a physical reaction to that and to tense up and uh, and that's uh, that's something that anyone can even have sitting at the computer and getting a stressful email right and suddenly they can tighten and so to be very conscious and aware of, of your your body and and how relaxed that you can remain with it is, is the most important thing because you you can do a lot of damage if you're not paying attention and people playing any instrument or, you know any sport if they're not paying attention it's too easy to just play just to make it sound really good but you don't want to make a compromise or sacrifice um, your tendons or you know your, your, and so it's a good oh, yeah. practice even just maybe I don't know like standing in front of the instrument and not doing anything except just standing still okay. don't play anything Stand in front of it and be aware of what it's like when you're not trying to say something. How still are you keeping the note when you're just standing there?
1: Okay, because I I saw the video and you were showing how just breathing can can affect the instrument.
2: Yeah, movement of your chest. It also depends too. And if I calibrate mine very tightly, so I make very tiny movements. But I, I find it's the, it, for me, it's a lot easier than to get around faster. And, to, you know, I can reach much more intervals without the riskiness of involving bigger muscle groups. Oh, okay. For, the, for error. But oh. I think, yeah, that's a really good idea to stand still in front of it and just maybe set the volume so it's not blowing your ears up.
3: <laughs> but just
2: down, both of your hands down and set the volume so it's not too loud. To Just stand there and then listen to the pitch as it's moving. If it does, when you're standing there, and to, then you'll have an idea of how much the rest of your body might be having an effect if you're trying to play it and using your hand.
1: Oh, wow, okay. How many companies make theremin's? And is theremin's the multiple of theremin?
2: <laughs> yeah, unless it's like therami, yeah, right? <laughs> exactly and yes. yeah that's the pro um, <laughs> but i don't know how many companies there are because there are many people building them you know as a hobby as well okay. and there are many different you know some people are building um you know more digital based instruments or or um yeah the it there's just many types <laughs> that are out there
1: uh, do you have to have uh, some kind of musical literacy to to play? And and what I mean by that is, like, you know, you can't just jump on a piano and, and sound good. You, you you can you can play. Well, what some...
2: is sounding good? It, I think yeah. it depends on like what what you know to not have any expectations when you come up to it. Okay. Or any instrument. And just approach it and observe what's happening as you work with it. But, but I think you you don't need to have experience. You do If you if you have a vision for something, then that's a really great thing. Like ah, and sometimes to also come to the realization of like, wow, it doesn't work for me for the thing that I envisioned, and that's fine too. Oh, <laughs> Not every be point. a gymnast, you know, <laughs> like like. I can't pick up a fucking piccolo and do on the piccolo what I was able to do with a the theremin. You right. know, it, it just depends what it is that your aim is. If the aim is like, there's this beautiful piece of music I want to play, um, there are plenty of pieces that, you no, know, it doesn't work on theremin. I, mean, I still play piano.
3: Yeah.
2: And there are pieces that you're not going to do on the theremin with the piano. And so, and the, but it, it, it's a really great, um, it, it's a humbling instrument, And uh, I consider myself a lifetime beginner with it. You're always a beginner with any instrument if you're really open to knowing that that you can never possibly know what all is possible with it. (laughs) The insight will only come when you when you have no expectations and stay completely open to
3: inspiration.
1: Ah, okay. That that's a great way to look at it because it's to me it, it's it's almost in, intimidating, I guess, to to see somebody playing it just because you, you know I'm, I mean, and a lot like any other instrument, you, your two hands are doing different things, but not all
2: Driving a car is you, you know using involve you know, playing drums involves all of your limbs to yeah. do. And, well,
1: I but can't I do think, that either. I can drive can a stick though.
2: I think the intimidation is, it, 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 I think sometimes the roots of it is just you know it, it it can be hard to do anything or even attempt something. I know in my case if if I'm making comparison especially value, you know, value comparison. Yeah. And so what's good is a, a good idea, I find, is not to make comparisons and just, because that's tied in with expectations too. It's like there should never be this expectation of how it should sound, how, you know, it's 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 a real, um, I think there's the a special thing about approaching this instrument that, that because it's so difficult Understand at first how sensitive it is. Even though the only thing that you're changing is pitch and volume with your hands in the air, that's (laughs) it. But it it can be kind of a mind trip into um, understanding yourself and 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 what you know. What is it that that you're expecting? What's bothering you with it, or or you know, to be at peace with what you're doing with it. And to and not compare or think I need to have more progress, but it but to just enjoy um, being with the thing and just to take it for what it is and and to, you know explore around and um, because it, it it also it doesn't need to be treated in in a way that you know it's treated as if it's an instrument you can only play melodies on or uh, it it can be used in so many different ways. Uh, I think it could be a really great uh, tool for uh, focusing, uh, you know, uh, mindfulness kind of a meditation dealing with the thing without the object in mind of uh, making music, let's say, but just to, you know, having a, uh, a mindfulness of, of what it is that you are changing as you're moving. Oh, okay. Should I make very slow movements and what happens next? And just uh, using the, yeah, you know, taking the opportunity to, to be very in tune with your own body. And what it's doing, and using your ears um, to uh, as the the way to hear the response. Uh,
1: I guess. <laughs> is it a, an expensive instrument to get into? Because I know there's different levels of guitars and pianos, like we we're talking about.
2: Not at all. They're, they're you know they're really super cheap models. I think they're maybe like you know like a hundred bucks or whatever. It depends what it is you want to do with it too. I mean, if you're yeah. wanting to play melodically, then you. I you know or have more uh, control. I I always recommend the there's the most basic Easterways ways and it's like it's like about I don't know three four hundred dollars.
3: Okay. It's like buying
2: a electric guitar. So it's not and you yeah. can find them used online because people buy them and get sick of them.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but it, it,
2: it's it's very possible to find one really cheap. You know cheaper okay. than the new price and they they. They don't break, yeah, not easily. You know, it's a, it's, it's just that it, you know, like anything else. Like the the instruments I've acquired, I'm like, ah, oh, not really my thing. And then just okay, I hope it goes out there to someone who wants to check it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, like there's plenty of fish in the pond. Yeah. <laughs> I let you go. You don't like me. You know, it's like it's like when someone doesn't love you back. You know, it can be that way with instruments too. When you've got expectations then you don't feel like the instruments loving you back and it's like you know but instruments never abuse you you know
1: that's a good point
2: <laughs> it's all in your head it's all <laughs> your problem that, with yeah. it. <laughs> 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 Can't say that's it. such an asshole. You do it. It's always not Yeah. Can't <laughs> cooperate. It never to
1: me. I always
3: have
2: to listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> I always dude. have to, like, you know, compromise for it.
1: The guitar never <laughs> does what I want to do. <laughs> well, that's actually true. I get my guitar and it never does what I actually want it to do. I just make a bunch <laughs> of shitty noise with it. <laughs> Yay for noise! Yeah. <laughs> if I could just play with feedback all day long, I'd be happy.
2: Oh, that's no. a great idea, playing with feedback and then running feedback
1: through pedals and effects. Oh, I'd, I'd love doing that kind of crap. I'd, I mean, if I could listen to Neil Young's ARC or Smashing Pumpkins' song, Drown, with that weird, crazy guitar solo and feedback all at the end, that—that I'd be set you have actually played with some pretty amazing people here, too. I'm looking at this list here. Um, I mean, David Byrne, Yoko Ono, uh, Bela Fleck and the Fleck tones. That's just crazy stuff. I, I, I mean, Yoko Ono I, and, and David Byrne, I could definitely see thinking, this is a part I need a theremin for. But how many times do you get, get called in to do theremin work? Is is it something that, that there's... Uh, there's a lot of call for.
2: Well, the, I, I think it's not even about the theremin itself. I mean, the the thing that I that I was doing with Yoko, I was actually um, doing a cellist's part. Oh wow! because <laughs> <laughs> he was on the album, and then it's like, oh, but you know, um, but Sean and Yuka, who were music directing it, they're like, oh, wait, ask Pamela, and and um, and I said, just depends. What's being called upon, and um, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. It's
3: maybe
2: <laughs> <laughs> it gonna be a bit, but also sometimes people ask, "What style do you play?" And it's like, I don't know. I, I guess the best way to describe it is that um, you know, I, I'm I'm not monogamistic with the genre; <laughs> very promiscuous with what types of style play and who I play with it. no not like doing anything with them but I'm talking about music right. a, and there's a full, uh, there's a full freedom for that uh, you know doing things many different ways and nobody gets injured
3: <laughs> there you
2: go <laughs> <laughs> these things are you know sonically painful or whatever but you know
3: <laughs> people can
2: you, you know there's the, I call it ear condoms you know putting in The
1: earplug thing, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. So you also appeared on Saturday Night Live. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Because you know they notoriously pull all their stuff off of YouTube and streaming services and all, so it's hard to find clips. What What were you doing on Saturday Night Live?
2: Just playing with the band, you know, like in between before it went to the commercials, you know. I can't oh, remember cool. the name of the or whatever, but it, like they're just yeah, just uh, you know playing these little uh, you know as if treating it vocally.
1: And- oh, was, that, <laughs> yeah,
2: awesome. was it just a
1: one-time deal, or was it uh, did it happen yeah. on a kids? Free- oh, wow!
2: One time, uh, and it, it was um, that was the that was the gig that pretty much like oh great, I got a flight to New York from LA, and I was like I'm moving to New York, perfect. <laughs> uh-huh.
3: Man,
2: you York like at that time, like oh, good timing.
1: <laughs> hey, so, how did you end up in Austria?
2: Mm. I was playing at a festival here in 2005, and I met um, I met someone there, and we fell in love, and oh. to, and then it's a lot of this, you know, trying to see each other back and forth from a long distance, and. And then finally, um um then it was like, Well, I'm ready for a change and we thought, What if we try living together here in Vienna? And um he helped me with paperwork to move here.
1: Wow. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it that.
2: Oh,
1: you Not got yeah.
2: In, especially the or anything, but we're really good friends now. Um, our kids play together.
3: Oh, and, that's awesome. And, uh,
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, and so I I just thought, well, I'm going to give it a shot
2: and see what it's like living here. Hey, if you can do it, man, why not? Yeah,
1: yeah, you only live once. Do (laughs) your kids...
2: I miss it like crazy, so
1: I always (laughs) go back. Do your kids play the theremin at all? Do do you let them in on it? Have they Um, tried it?
2: Yeah, he understands it and he's noodled around with it and stuff, but he you know it's more if I hear him singing around the house he's got to great the broad one. it's like I'm sure you know he grew up hearing you know from inside the womb I think I, the last week I played was a week before he was born
3: wow.
2: <laughs> he heard an earload of many different styles of music in the
3: womb
2: wow. and kicked me like, loud too
3: knock <laughs> it off
2: <laughs> so he uh, he he understands, you know, what's going on with how it's working,
3: you know. Okay. Like
2: a, yeah, yeah. I'm hoping though that you know, when I'm at gigs and it's like a, I've explained the thing like a million times now, like I just give him a fiver and I'm like, okay, you explain it to everyone. I'm gonna go hide backstage now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Man, well, this has been a blast I, I think I've learned quite a bit about this instrument it's just, it was a complete mystery to me before so I'm really glad I've been able to chat with you about this
2: oh I'm so glad that you asked me and, uh, and your enthusiasm too thank you so much for <laughs> interviewing me oh it is my
1: pleasure and I, I was thinking about this well here, here's kind of how it started okay I had this guy, that guy Nick Kazernis on the show and he's uh, he's got an album that just came out, and he pl- he also plays in this band called the Mulchmen, and they guys nice named the Mulchmen. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so they do this. Um, they play this kind of like surf rockabilly type of music, and but he also pulls out the theremin on stage, and he'll play the theremin during some of this surf music and all and he does a really cool job with it it's really good you check it out on youtube um he plays i don't remember it's, i think it's um wipe 3000 or something it's like a it's a takeoff on on the so on the old surf track wipeout and he adds a theremin to it and he just goes really he goes nuts with it it's a, it's really cool to watch and um so I was asking him about how how he got into playing the theremin and all. And he's like, "Oh, I'm just an amateur. It's uh, it's a lot of fun, but you know, it, it's it's this really interesting instrument. But I don't I don't really know a whole lot about it. I mean, the guy's been playing it for years now. And, and in the <laughs> interview, he's like
2: something with it you know he had a vision for what to do with and he's doing it that's yeah. not amateur. having a vision is having a vision exactly
1: exactly so so i i told him that that the instrument fascinates me and i was thinking about doing like um every once in a while i'll ha i'll, I'll do these roundtable episodes where I'll, I'll have a few past guests on and we'll discuss something completely not uh involving the music like uh for example i had um at uh, uh, Jordan Zderosny from Blinker the Star and Kelly Scott from Failure On. They're like really good friends. They've known each other for years. They were both on on the same show. And Jordan came back on a few weeks later and instead of talking about his music, we talked about David Lee Roth, Ira Van Halen for an hour and a half. <coughs> and then Kelly came back on later and we just talked about mixed martial arts. And because I don't know anything about that either. Um, and I had... Aaron Lazaron from the Giraffes and and, uh, uh, Jason Thompson from Vast Robot Armies got them together and we did a show on the best uh, cover songs that were better than the originals. So I'll do episodes like that where it's not focused on the guests' music. And I started thinking about talking to Nick about it. I "I would love to do an episode on just the theremin. You know, the history of it, interesting theremin music, um yeah, you know, and things like that and, and, and he was like, That'd be great. So I, I I started thinking about that immediately after I had Nick on, I had uh Dana Schechter on. And so, yeah so I was telling her I, I had such a great time chatting with her I invited her to come back on and do one of those types of shows where it's one where we're not talking about her music we're just talking about some other topic and I mentioned the Theremin show and she's like you gotta get Pamela Stickney on right, okay tell me about it <laughs> she said, oh she's like this, this amazing Theremin virtuoso she's fantastic and she's hilarious You love her i'm "I'm sold and she's like all right so i read that's i reached out to you and uh if you're ever if you're interested in doing another episode either on something completely different or if you want to discuss do a little round table about the theremin and just weird shit having to do with the theremin you know i would love to have you back on and do another episode
2: Oh, I'd be thrilled to be back on. <laughs>
1: awesome, awesome. So let's <laughs> definitely let's stay in touch. Uh, um... I
2: like talking about all sorts of weird stuff. I could tell you. Oh, oh my God, I was a, remember I had written something in there like about the gunneryia.
1: Yes, that was hilarious.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is a side topic, but uh, the weird conversations that happen backstage. So uh, there was a there was a fan that I was like you know sitting in some shows with and. And the same one was telling me about like, yeah, you know, one time, I was like it was really terrible. I got gonorrhea, and That's terrible. and he had to, you know, the nurse told him I was like, yeah, you got to contact all of the people you've been with the past six months because it's really serious and it could do a lot of, you know, harm, uh, you know, to their system. And yeah, and so then he's like, oh, man, I got to make these calls. This is so terrible. And he thought, what if there was a service? You know, that's like a pre recorded message like, Hello, plug in the name. This is a call to let you know that so and so, you know, has gone. And you can call it be called gonna ring That is brilliant. I love it. Gunaringya. <laughs> I love
1: it. Oh, so you can, You know so if you you know what? Okay, so on that line I I I think i heard that i think my daughter said something like this she's like there's there should be what uh a, kind of a, a phone service where if you're feeling bad you call them up and it, it's calling calling oats you just call up and then it just loops in some hauling oats. and it makes you feel better calling oats. you just calling oats <laughs> so, all right so so uh, on that Vain, I guess I had a while back now I had a, a chef on the show uh, her name is uh, Selena Teo she's freaking awesome if you're ever in Kansas City go to the Belfry because it, it's just an amazing place she's got uh, it's a restaurant lounge and she's got uh, the, uh, this amazing bar it takes 350 whiskeys 250 of them are bourbon it's just incredible well She's been on Iron Chef America, Top Chef Masters. Wow. But she's the coolest person. So we did we did a couple shows, uh, one with her, and then one where I put a Spotify playlist together, and she would match bourbons to the songs in the playlist. It's <coughs> is it awesome. But before I got her on, we were contacting uh, and, and just trying to arrange it through text messages. So she was asking what when I record so I said I have a day job I I don't like to record on the weekends um it's always on weekdays and I sent it to her and I didn't spell check it or before I, I sent it and I looked and I don't know why but my text auto corrected to I don't record on the weekends it's anal on the weekdays On the I only do Stop. anal on the <laughs> And this is literally the first thing I ever sent to her in my life. It's the first text I've ever sent to her. And oh it, it, like, um, it took like, like two minutes later, I looked down and I realized, I read the text and I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> so I replied to her. I said, I always record on the weekdays. I said, anal is always on the weekends. So I figured you know what, at this at this point I got nothing to lose. I'm going I'm going to make this even funnier. And, and she just responded with the crying laughing emoji and she said, "Yeah, let's let's keep it on the weekdays." <laughs> so, but she's been she's been really cool. And I like stay in touch with her and and, and uh, we're actually going to hopefully be doing another episode of uh, Music in Bourbon So, so I really enjoyed chatting with you. So, if you're ever interested in coming back on and doing another episode, let's stay in touch and throw some ideas out and and let's do another one.
2: Oh, yeah. That would be fun. That would be kind of fun to get like a a group of like four totally different people from different angles.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. We just have to figure out what we want to talk about. Cause I've, oh my
2: gosh, that's come naturally. I think like I've got a, we just have to wait for the next the next event to happen. You know, like this fucking asteroid next. Like who knows? Like like you know, when people say, "Oh, it can't get worse," it's like, "Oh yeah."
3: Don't
1: don't tempt it.
2: Things to laugh about at this point. Like we we all deserve to have a little bit of recreation in between. Um you know knowing the weight of what's what's in our faces right now yeah like it's possible to laugh here and there
1: <laughs> yeah well thank you so much I, I promise i'll let you go now and and uh enjoy the rest of your evening
2: thank you and thanks again for having
1: me my pleasure <laughs> <laughs> call notes